And let me go ahead. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Welcome back. Episode 64, Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We just came off of our Yom Kippur. Uh, I heard Rabbi Ashalom voice. And so I was hardcore. I did the 25 hours, nothing to drink, nothing to eat. And I was in prayer. Uh, we pray that you celebrated all the feasts we've been telling you. We're into year 5782, which is year 2022 already. Um, this September is a very holy month. We uh, did our Rosh Hashanah, our Yom Kippur. Now we have our Sukkot coming up on September the 20th. That's on Monday. So it starts on the 20th and it goes into the 27th. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, we're going to start off with our Easter, keeping it real. And I'm Easter and y'all know I'll be keeping it real on here, right? And so my topic today is what are you looking forward to? What do you mean Easter? Well, what are you looking forward to? Now, I know on episode 57, you can go back and look. I talked about the atheists and the agnostics. The agnostics, they never, they don't claim who they are. They don't claim whether they believe in faith or they just believe in God. They, they're just kind of there. But I am hearing Christians and believers saying that they don't believe in the heaven and hell. I, I was really appalled by that. And I've been hearing that this week. Really? Huh? So you mean to tell me, and, and a lot of it is Catholics, and I'm not uh, blaming any religion or putting any religion down, but you mean to tell me that you've been going to church all your life, you've been praying all your life, you've been taking your family and your children, uh, you've been living by those 10 commandments, don't steal, kill, rob, honor mother, thy father, keep the Sabbath day. You've been doing all of that and you don't believe you're going anywhere? You don't believe there's a life after this? You mean to tell me that you're just working, paying bills, going through the motions, and you don't think that there's a paradise after this? I, I, I'm, I'm really astonished. Uh, I, it really saddens me I'm going to open, uh, before I start uh, talking about things and going to scriptures, what, what do you all feel about that? Uh, what, what, does anyone have anything to say before I start going in? Well, you know, there are different belief systems and it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, it doesn't, being a Christian or any denomination doesn't, you know, mean that you believe the same things. So, and just because you don't believe doesn't mean that it's not so, right? We know that. And, and you'll find that uh, even in some of Judaism, right? They don't believe that. Not in the context of, not in the context of Christianity, but in a different context, okay? Um, because, you know, when you, when you study the prophets, and I don't wanna go too long, when you study the prophets, you find the concept of heavens. And when you listen to, when you do some of the readings of, of Shaul or Paul Solos, he talks about the heavens. Right. So now, you know, so again, there, just because you're, and as a matter of fact, there are some that teach in colleges, theology, that teach theology in colleges that don't believe, don't even believe in the creator. Wow. Okay. Wow. And that's, you know, that's a fact. 
some they don't believe they just have a job. Uh, they're historians, and you know, and and that's it. So don't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rabbi, that's an absolute fact because uh, the college I went to, they try to talk you out of being a being a believer. It was as if you're taking these Christian studies classes, and what they saying to you is trying to get you to not believe in Christ. Um, it was it was it was crazy to me, but. Um, yeah, to go back to that subject real quick, uh, Sister Issa, that you're talking about. I mean, for me, it's just uh, looking at uh, our Savior Yeshua. He talks about hell a lot. He talks about, uh, you know, doing the right thing. He talks about not getting sent to hell. He talks about Geshenna and the place of ultimate misery a lot, a lot. Um, and so for me, I mean, I, I just, I, I can't even... I can't even fully formulate how to not believe in the afterlife because the savior talks about it so incredibly much. But the other thing I was thinking about was a lot of folks out here will talk about karma. That seems to be a big thing in our society where people talk about, oh, you know, that's that's just my karma or your karma gonna come back around or whatever, whatever. Not understanding the true Eastern concept of karma and that it's actually tied into rebirth, which means afterlife, which means successive life cycles, things like that. So they don't even fully know what they're plugging into when they say that. Um, just the same thing what we did by stealing yoga. People think that that's an exercise when it's truly a lifestyle at this point, a way of life. We won't go there today. But, I, you know, these people are talking about these spiritual ideas without the true spirit in them. And so hmm. even when we talk about that idea of karma, it's funny hmm. how a lot spiritual of atheist people, ideas without the true spirit in them. Go ahead. That's no, it, it, it's funny how a lot of atheists and a lot of folks that don't believe will still say karma not understanding they're talking about eternal an eternal life in that idea in that concept um and so you know i just again i just think it's it's and, and they and they celebrate christmas but go ahead which which we know why they can do that because uh it is a very pagan holiday mm -hmm. <laughs> we won't go there once again but uh but yeah i, I just i just want to say that i thought it was just you know I, thought, I, I think it's great. And again, I hear what Rabbi is saying that there's different uh, traditions, different beliefs, different things. And that, yeah, I honor that. I just don't see how you can open up the Torah or uh, any of the rest of the 66 books of the Bible and not believe that there's a heaven and a hell. Right. Mm, mm, mm. All right. So what are you looking forward to? Let's get some, some scripture. So uh, if you go to Thessalonians 4, in 14, I'm gonna give you a couple of scriptures. So Thessalonians 4 and 14 says, for we believe that Yahshua died and rose again. And it says, Jesus, Yahshua died and rose again. Even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Yahshua, okay? And then if you go into 17, four and 17 says, then we, who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. You mean to tell me you, you've been uh, in church all your life, 66 books, and you're saying you don't believe there's a heaven and hell. Let me give you another scripture, John 14. And Rabbi just saying the. uh, in, in the book of uh, Matthew, John, Luke, it talks about this. It talks about the resurrection. So let's go to uh, John 14, one through four. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
in my father's house are many mansions. What, what, what do you think that is? Over there on Capitol Hill? <laughs> no, in my father's house, that's in Yahweh's house, is many mansions. And if it, and it says, if it were not so, I would have told you. And this is in red. That means Yahshua is talking in the Bible when you see it in red. I would have, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. You believe in the 66 books? Here, to, here it is right now. You, 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 that has to be a soul, a sad soul to sit here, go to church every Sunday, or, or, or keep the Sabbath day whole like we do the Hebrew congregation in Houston, the, the Messianic Jews, and don't believe there's an afterlife. You know what I'm looking forward to? I don't know what you're looking forward to, but I wrote some things down. I'm looking forward to being in the presence of God, being in the presence of Yahweh. I'm looking forward to, to be loved and loved unconditionally. I'm looking forward to genuine fellowship. I'm looking forward to no inequality. I'm looking forward to no pain, no death, and no grief. I'm looking forward to no church. I'm looking forward to no aging. I'm looking forward to no failed relationships. I'm looking forward to a state of bliss and delight. I'm looking forward to that, that mansion. I'm looking forward to my paradise. I know I'm not meant to just be, be here forever, that there's an afterlife. I'm looking forward to those things. You know, we're in 5782. And this is, you know, right now is a time to operate in your spiritual supernatural authority and anointing. Right now is the time. Because let's talk about revelations. Because the revelations are our 66 book readers. Let's talk about Revelation 7. Let's go there. Because, you know, those seals, once those seals, uh, and some of them are already uh, uh, open. But let's talk about that sixth seal. So Revelation 7, it talks about that sixth seal, and it says the seal of Israel. That's the topic of that one. So I'm, I'm going to go over a couple uh, of scriptures. So 7 and 2 says, Then I saw another angel ascending from the east and having the seal of living God. And then I'm going to jump down to 4, and it says, 144,000 of all the tribe children of Israel were sealed. We are the children. You are the children. Aren't you looking forward to that? Oh my God. And then it goes on to uh, seven and nine. It says, after these things, I look and behold a great multitude which no one could number all of the nations and the tribes and the people and the tongue standing before the throne and before the lamb. Lordy is the lamb, Yahshua, before the lamb clothed the white robes with palm branches in their hand. Remember that? Hosea, when Yahshua was riding that donkey and crying out to the Lord saying, salvation belongs to our God 
who sits on the throne into the land. Yahweh and Yahshua sitting on that right hand. And then on seven, if we go down to the last one, 16, they shall all. And this gets me excited right here. Easter, oh, she, she crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. I'm loud. Keeping it real. What do you have a look forward to? 16. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat for the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to the living fountain of water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. I look forward to that. Thank you, Lord. You want your tears wiped away? Never be thirsty. Don't want to have to worry about the elements. Oh, my spirit is rising now. I'm getting hot. I look forward to that. What are, what are you looking forward to? Don't tell me there's not a heaven or hell. The devil is a liar. Yahshua is waiting on you. Yahweh is waiting on you. As we enter those gates, how we have eternal life, he speaks to you every day. What are you talking about? He is real. And if he ain't, he hasn't spoke to you, you're not in the camp. I keep telling you. Rabbi, that's his word. Are you in the camp? I, 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 me, 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 me. You it ain't no I know me. He is the I am. He speaks to you. He's leading you. He's telling you. That's the Holy Spirit. Thank the Holy Spirit. And you can hear it more and more each day. And then he'd be like, oh man, he really, he's here with me all the time. You, you, know, you know, sometimes I, I think about how when we look about, when we think about the Exodus and all of the wonders with the plagues and the Red Sea being divided and stuff like that they had a visual actual account. They saw all this stuff. And then you had a lot of the people afterwards, they didn't experience it. So I think if anyone were to experience almost like a life and death experience, you just see how real things was. I know people that have had life and death experiences like that. I, I know when my sister was passing, if you visit people that are in a um, hospice, the one she was in, they had books that talked about what happens when people are transitioning. They begin to see and hear the other side. My sister, when she was passing the last two weeks, she began to see and hear the other side, Ooh. but I understood that. So I know there's something else besides what's just here. I because know. she saw that, she Amen. told, she even told me about the Lord coming to her and telling her that after Friday, everybody could go home. She told me this like on a Wednesday. Mm. She passed on Friday. So wow. everybody was able to go home. And they would know, she knew. And I've had other uh, friends that have had their family members told them in the last week or two of their transitioning, they saw and experienced these other things on the other side. So there is something else after this. There is yeah. a life after you leave earth. And that and scripture even tells us, absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Yes. Amen. And and so, you know, we talk about a physical death. I've had a, a, a spiritual death. Uh, and so when family members, 
were dying in my family and, and tragedies were happening, I was mad at God. That's a, that's a spiritual death. And he, and I didn't want to hear nothing anybody had to say. I was like, God, I need to hear from you one-on-one or I can't serve you, period. I can't serve you. These people are getting slayed in the spirit. They talking about the Lord talking. If I don't hear you and I ain't getting slayed in the spirit, and I ain't speaking in time, I'm not experiencing these. I can't serve you. I can't, I don't sell nothing I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to sell you. I'm telling you he is real. Because I had a spiritual death and he came to me one-on-one and spoke to me. When I repented, when I honestly repented and went down on my face and I saw all the bad stuff I had done and he washed and cleansed that, I, 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 and he gave me the, the, the tongues and he speaks to me and I can clearly hear him. Can't nobody mm-hmm. take that away. It's called yeah. an intimate relationship with the Lord. Yeah. You know, they always say, be careful what you ask for. I would challenge anybody that does not believe to ask the Lord. Honestly, ask him and mean it. Show me that you are real. There's a man, a uh, rabbi and a cult Lisa may know he, he was, but he was a, uh, a radical Muslim, Islamic. And he was actually going to blow, I think it was, I don't know if it was a synagogue or something up, you know, because he did not believe. And he asked if you are real. And the Lord showed up and stopped him and he converted. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, Lord. These, these are true stories. Yeah. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, I, I'm, I'm one of those stories. And yeah. God showed up in my life and he showed Mine up too? in my life and he speaks to me every day and he yeah. covers me. And when I don't want to do right, he gives me a way out to do right. Yeah. I, 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 and you know, that's the thing. He gives each and every one of us an out. That's right. It's whether we do choose to take that out. Like a lot of time, our choices, they often have consequences. So be good with your choices. If a consequence happens, you know. Yes. What are you looking forward to? I, I pray that our testimonies and what we just said help you and that you research it and that you ask God to show you him himself and that you have a one-on-one relationship so you can look forward to what we're looking forward to being absent from the body and present with the Lord and not scared to death and and taking care of your children and thinking that you're never going to see them again when you die you're just going to lay there and that's going to be the end that's not the end and I pray for you right now in Yahshua name that you know that that's not the end and that all your prayers and your teaching and living good in the right way is not in vain. So yeah, gonna... I, I would say that in when I was growing up, um, I used to we used to have family talks. You know, we sit around, we just talking, and then there were seven children, so we had a lot of talking going on. And um, but my parents and grandparents used to tell us stories about things that they saw, experienced in the spiritual realm. So you know, those things are real. Whether you again, whether you believe them or not, and our forefathers understood that, and oftentimes they experienced things. And of course, today it's, it's much more scarce than it was then because we have fallen so far away in our teaching. As um, uh, Minister Griff said, even in the schools, they're telling you they don't they teach you, but they don't want you to believe, or they're teaching against. And so when you're bombarded with that. 
it has a it has an effect on you whether you know it or not mm -hmm. it has an effect on your spiritual man your spirit man so it, it detaches us from the reality of of the kingdom and so as again the other testimony where the people are so close to the other side that they could actually look over into the other side okay and and actually have conversation and mm -hmm. see things on the other side mm -hmm. and that oftentimes is not for them but it's for us who are still here in prison okay mm -hmm. we are imprisoned in these bodies right Absolutely. and they're being set free that's true freedom yes right so they can go to different places and see different things in a different way right so when i look at people who are transitioning and i like the word transitioning i'm not so sad when relatives pass on or transition Mm -hmm. I see the transition in a different way. People call it death. I call it transition because we are energy and energy cannot be created nor destroyed because there is one creator, our father, right? And we came from him. That's why we can see him again when we're so close because we came from him. Amen. We just forgot who we were when we, when, it, when we put on this earth suit and you watch a child and you see them as they're learning the ways of the flesh that things start to change them because in the beginning, they can still see on the spiritual side, mm -hmm. right? And you see them playing and looking up and they're, they're playing with angels, right? Right. <laughs> Rabbi, yeah. I, I can attest to that. Um, years ago, my mom had custody of my cousin's two daughters because she was strung out on drugs and stuff like that. And they were not born. One of them was born, she was about two years old when my grandmother passed. And so they started telling my mom how there was a lady that was visiting them at night. Mm. And she would come and sit on the bed. Immediately, I knew who that was. Because when my grandmother lived with us, when she wanted to talk to you, if something was on her mind and you were in bed, she came, she sat on the bed. So my mom asked them, what did she look like? They described everything she had on that we buried her in. Mm. Wow. And she was, one was two years old. The other one wasn't even born. And like he said, when you're children, you're more in tune to the whole spirit world and stuff like that. But as the world taints you or affects you or influence you and everything, that begins to you know, dissipate, so to speak, right. temporarily, mm -hmm. until we return, we teshuva, return back to him and his ways. Yes. This, this, is, this is a serious conversation. And that's what I love about the Hebrew congregation of Houston, because these are conversations we need to have in our community. So we have the word of God coming from Rabbi Afshalom, but there's discussions that people have in their head. And as they're sitting there in, in, these, in the churches every week and, and they're lost, they, they feel good. They sit there, they get that feeling. People lay hands on them, but they go home and they're empty during the week. They're just working to pay bills and they have no inspiration that, that when this is all done and over, I'm, I'm gonna go to a better place. I'm not gonna age. I'm gonna see my other loved one. I'm gonna be in peace. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna be in pain anymore. And so these are conversations that we need to have that people don't. And that's what the greatest thing about Easter, keeping it real in the Hebrew congregation of Houston and the word of God and health is their wealth. And, and all of us that, that's making up this Hebrew, we, we're, we're, we're talking about it. Let's talk about it. We need to talk about these worldly things too that, that's festering over people and their spirit. And so um, 
as I said before, thank you all for your input on that. If someone needs to talk, you know, you have my messenger. Uh, if you just say hello, I'm not going to answer because I have so I have 5,000 followers. Send me your question and be direct and, and you'll get my attention. OK, um, any of us on, on, on Facebook, you can send it to our, our inbox. This is a very holy month. We have our uh, Feast of Tabernacle coming up, which is Sukkot. Sukkot is from the 20th through the 27th. And so that's when uh, we were led uh, out of Egypt. And we know we used to be in the tents and the, and the Lord led us. And so uh, Rabbi Offshore, he's going to talk about that. Now, the scripture for Sukkot is uh, Leviticus 22. And you can read this on the 21st. I know it starts on the 20th, but the actual day, you know, is always that eve. So on the 21st is the really actual first date of Sukkot, Leviticus 22, 26 through 44, and Numbers 29, 12 through 16. Okay, so you can read that on the day because the first day and then the last day are very important days. And also our new parashah is going to be uh, Deuteronomy 33, 1 through 34. The new parashah, Deuteronomy 33, 1 through 34. Okay, and so uh, Rabbi Afshalom, we look forward to the word. Uh, we look forward to these feasts and celebrating, and thank you so much. Uh, you can go ahead and take it over. Okay, well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Um, and uh, again, it is wonderful to be here. And uh, Hashem has allowed us to be together once again on this Shabbat to share uh, in his Torah, uh, in his word. Today, we're going to talk about Sukkot, okay? And preferably, it will be a discussion back and forth, discussion between us. And if you have questions, again, hit the message box, put your questions in, and, and we can answer those questions. But I'm going to do this teaching you know, with the help of the, the, the Ruch from the perspective of uh, Beta Israel or the Ethiopian uh, congregation. Uh, because that's where we, for the most part, we identify with, with out of Ethiopia or Beta Israel. We that are here in uh, the Hebrew Israelites in the United States that were born from the ministries of, and I call them ministry lightly, uh, Rabbi uh, Ford and Rabbi Wentworth who are basically the fathers here in this country. And they came from the Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopian teaching, which we call Beta Israel, the house of Israel. And so it, it begins like this, Sukkot or Hag. Some say Hajj and some say Hag. And when you read the scripture, it says, it's just, it's a, again, Hag or Hajj, depending on how you use that, that Gamal sound. Um, that's our way of saying it, the Gamal. We say the Gamal, which is camel. And it, it, in Ethiopia, what they would do, and, and they still, some of them still do it, even though they've migrated over to Israel or Mir uh, Aliyah into Israel, many of the first generations and second generations still do it. They still hold on to this, this teaching or this, this matter of celebrating, which is for the most part out of the Torah, okay? Straight out of the Torah without oral tradition, 
uh, even though there is some origin, but it's not the same as the Talmud or the Mishnah that we have in um, Western Judaism or Ashkenazim or, or Sephardim, um, Yemenite or Karite. Karite is closer, uh, a little bit different. They have a little bit different philosophy of Karite. But the Yemenite, Sephardim and uh, Ashkenazim are pretty much this on, on, on the same accord. So it says um, in the teachings of Sukkot or Hajj, it says on the eve of Sukkot or Hajj, everyone gathers in the synagogue courtyard. Now, again, we're talking about Ethiopia and in the in the in Kush or Ethiopia, the land of Ethiopia. It says the first day of Sukkot was a holy day on which labor was forbidden. Okay. And one of the things about Sukkot or is, is it's always a time of joy, right? And celebration. So with that, just that basic of how the Ethiopians began, again, is a holy day, right? And they meet in the synagogue and they actually build a sukkah that is large enough to house everyone in their community. And they have, again, when they go there, they read from the Torah scroll, the Kassim, or the elders will read from the Kassim because you have to understand again that in days gone by, the, the, the only people that generally could read were who? Those who are in leadership position, the elders or those who were in the priesthood or those who were the leaders of the camp. They were the ones who actually were readers. Even in Israel, the priests, for the most part, were the readers. Now, you know, again, that's, you find that a lot of things we, 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 we have been led to think that everyone had the same um, educational skills, but we understand that's not so. So the leadership was res responsible for, and still is responsible for, the reading from the Torah. So that people understand that it is not from men, but it is a command from our father, Abino Shabbat Shamanim. So with, I'm going to go forward now and leave the, this introduction from Sukkot from the Ethiopian and go right into the scripture, which is where their tradition or their, or their custom, Chalakah uh, and, and uh, Minghar comes from. Nehemiah chapter eight. Let me give you some scriptures first. Nehemiah chapter eight, you can write these down. Mm -hmm. Exodus chapter 23, verse 16. Exodus chapter 34 and 22, verse 22. You'll find it in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 2. And then Ezekiel, the prophet, chapter 42 and 25. So, so that you have witnesses mm -hmm. that the word can be established. I give you those. Okay. But remember Leviticus chapter 23, verse 33 through 43 gives you more information. Even what I'm going to read right now. And again, questions are invited. Conversation and input is always welcome and invited because it's not about me. It's about what? us and the word of our father. And the way that we're supposed to do this is yeshiva style, where we discuss and get down into the word. So I've given you some evidentiary scriptures, right? That you can go to 
and, and look at, and then uh, uh, Easter also gave you Leviticus chapter 22, if I remember correctly. Yep, 26 through 44. Okay, so let me read this for you because we're in the diaspora, all right? Let, let me give this to you also. And, and, I, uh, and uh, I, I wanna do this because I want you to understand the perspective of why we're doing what we're doing. And, and we're in the diaspora, so we do this because we do this voluntarily, all right? Because all of these, the Sukkot, right, is meant to be done in the land of Israel. Okay, okay. It's a, it's, it was meant to be and commanded, we're commanded to be there. We're scattered amongst the nations and we're in the farthest part of the world away from Jerusalem, where we, where we, would, where we should be today. It says, uh, I'm gonna read this from Jeremiah chapter 29. While this has nothing to do with Sukkot, it does have something to do with us in the diaspora. Now, these are the words, this is chapter 29, verse one, started at verse one. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captive and to the priests and to the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem, okay? To Babylon, that was say from Israel or from the west coast of Africa to the United States and to England and wherever else we went, South America, Central America, that's our Babylon, okay? He said, after that, Jeconiah, the king and the queen and the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem and the carpenters and the smiths were deported from Jerusalem. These are all the skilled people also. And if you look amongst us, we have some very skilled people here, okay? Very skillful people, knowledgeable people. It says, it says uh, by the hand of, of Asa, the son of Zephon, and uh, Gamarah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is for us. This is what we're doing, Brother Mike, uh, Minister Mike. Uh, build ye houses. <laughs> that one was for you. <laughs> build your house. <laughs> and dwell in it. Enjoy your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got your house dwell in, dwell, dwell in Enjoy your house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dwell in it and plant gardens. Eat the fruit of it. That's an important thing. You got to do that, right? Take wives, take your wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to the husband, and that they may bear sons and daughters, that they may that ye may be increased there and not diminished. All right. So we're supposed to be taking care and building while we're here. That's our command, right? It says, and seek the peace uh, of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. So he caused us to be where we are today. And we have to pray for the peace along. Now, again, we're building houses. We're establishing families and communities. And we're praying for the peace of Houston and wherever you live in now, in California, wherever you live in, pray for the peace of the city where you are, okay? And, and pray to the Lord for I do, I do real estate so I can sell you the house, but go ahead. That's right, and pray <laughs> for it. Pray unto the Lord for it, for in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. So we're gonna have peace, right? 
But the thing I want, I read that because we are in the diaspora. We are in our modern day Babylon and we are seeking to keep the Sukkot and the Moedim. But we want to do it in accordance as much as we can according to the Torah. But when we don't have to, there are some things here in this land that, that are not available for us uh, that were there in the land of Israel. And so we have to understand and keep it in perspective, right? So well, I, I know last year, Rabbi Sloan, you did the tents, you put the tents, you said, in your, uh, yeah. you can do it in your living room, in your backyard, uh, yeah. or you can just put a blanket in the living room and get on the floor and just uh, something that symbolizes what yeah. the, the Sukkot, to right. celebrate. Yeah, and, and that's it, because what it does, it, it attaches you, right? to the family of Israel, even though you're not able to be there, you're still attaching yourself to Israel. Now understand this, Israel is not just a land, and, and we've said this before, but I have to emphasize it. Israel is not just a land, but it is a people. And wherever you are, because you are Israel, because you are following Torah in obedience to the command, where you are, you represent Israel. It's like you are in, what do they call that place where they go uh, and they get asylum or, or when you go into another country and you go into the uh, sanctuary, uh, it's a sanctuary. And it's also you get diplomatic immunity. We are diplomats here. Right. And your land, wherever you are, it has it should have diplomatic immunity. Right. Consulate and embassy. Consulate. There you go. Somebody got it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the consulate. Right. And so your home, your land is a land of constant. That means where you're, what you own there is actually Israel. Israel is not just land. It is a people. We represent that to where you are. That's why we put the menorah on our home. Because we're actually Israel. Mm -hmm. And your land, the land that you live on is actually Israel. So we're to, to conduct ourselves on our property or wherever you reside, wherever you are residing. That's considered Israel until we get back to the land. So because of that, we seek to, we strive to keep the Moedim, the Har Sameach or, or Sukkot, okay? We try to do it and according to the Torah as much as we possibly can, all right? Because it is, it is an increase, right? For us and for those that are around us. All right. And when you do these things, when the terror comes around, when it is when nature rises up against the communities, because you have kept Hajj, you are protected from the rains and the storms that come about. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and this is real. Mm -hmm. right? This is real. So we want to keep Sukkot. Well, right? We definitely because want to when, be protected now as much as the yeah. hurricanes and the fires and That's all right. that is going on right now to protect our home. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be sound like I'm bragging or anything. I brag on my father, but we've been in Houston since 1980, right? And we, when we came here, the storm started coming in. And in the community that we lived in, the houses were torn down, trees and fences, but our house that we lived in, not a shingle was moved. Wow. We sat through the same hurricane. And every time there's been a storm, when I would be going away traveling and working, 
I would hear about the flooding and people be calling me and worried about the flooding. Is your house flooded? I go home and, and I don't see any flooding. But around in the next block, the people are taking carpet out and, and all, I mean, all around. I mean, right on the next house behind me, they had flooded in the house. We never saw that water. Wow. In Kingwood, the other a couple of years ago, when they had the big flood all around. But guess what? It never even got up on our grass. I know, all and, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I have to literally go and look on the news to see what's going mm -hmm. on because yeah. nothing don't be going on around. And like I said, we're not bragging. Nothing don't no. be going on around here. So I literally have to go and look on the news to see what is going on out here. Yeah. And it was the same for my son and for my daughter, right? Where they live. They're protected. We are protected because we are, we're striving to operate in the command of God, right? Avino Shabbat Shamayim. So when things are happening, don't worry about it. Just know that he's going to take care of you, right? He's going to take care of you. Throw so a thousand fall to your right hand, to your left hand, it's not come near you. That's real. But, but one of the reasons why that makes that real is because of us striving to keep the command of God, which is, again, keep the shakot as much as you, as easy as you can, as, as, as well as you possibly can. So we're going to start on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a tent or, or a, a sukkah as you want, I use a tent that looks like the one the Native Americans use because to me that's, you know, it's in my bloodline, uh, you know, and, and that's, it's easy to pick up and move. Right now it's in the back of my car. I keep it in the back of my car. Mm -hmm. I got a, a coat in the back of my car. Mm -hmm. I could camp out anywhere because I got my sukkah with me. So that's, for that's me, the that rabbi, y'all. Right? Remember, he the rabbi, but go ahead. Yeah, I keep with me all the time. So I'm like, I'm Israel, right? So I can camp out anywhere. Right? I got my sukkah. Okay. So let me go on. Let me go on. Because I want you all to, uh, to I'm, I'm going to have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my blanket. I'm going to get on the floor and just have yeah. my blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and, I know, and I know the foods are the, the, the olives, the cheese, apple, yeah. grapes, tomato salad, cucumbers, crackers, and wine. Just to yeah. let you know some of the yeah. foods. Okay, yeah, that's what they do in, in uh, Beta Israel. They get bunches of fruit and, and have that, you know, on the first night. Now, the rest of the nights, they don't do it, but the first night, they're in the sukkah, right? Mm -hmm. And the other nights, they're not. But then on the eighth day, they come together again in the courtyard and have a reading of the Torah. That's the big thing is reading the Torah, the, getting the message out is what we, we do. So I'm going to read something from you from the book of Ezra, okay? Ezra, because Beta Israel, the limb of Beta Israel, this is from, this is them. This is, they were there. Their ancestors were there with Ezra. And, and one of the reasons why they're in Zimbabwe and in South Africa is because of what happened in Ezra's time with the children and whatnot that they had with the wives, with the women. So in Ezra chapter eight, uh, it talks about, talks about when the people, it says, let me just read this part, it says, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moshe, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. So remember, that's why I say we always read from the Torah so that we know that it's not, you know, me speaking. When you do word of mouth, when I, I can tell you the story about what I did in the childhood or how I came up, and every time I tell it, it's going to be a little bit different, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's an oral teaching. It's, I'm telling you about my life and the life that I grew up, but every time there's going to be a little different, right? Little variations. But when you read it straight out of the Torah, there's no variation. Mm -hmm. 
okay? So that's why we read it from the Torah when we're dealing with scriptural matters. It's better to read it straight out because, again, oral tradition from mouth, from, from mouth to mouth or ear to ear, it changes sometimes. Now, I, 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 must, I must qualify that by saying this, that in the ancient days, there was a historian there that memorized everything that was spoken. And he would tell the story and you can't interrupt him while he's teaching the story because he has to start all over again <laughs> so that there are no mistakes, mm. right? And they still did that in the continent of Africa. I don't know if they, they probably still do. They have these historians. Uh, and, and so we have, a, I have a historian in my family. Her name is Mimi Ford and, and she does a wonderful job, but she doesn't do it by memory. She keeps accurate, accurate records and she's always updating those records. You should have a historian. And I've said this before, right? So Nehemiah chapter eight, I just read that, that the people come together and they read from the Torah, right? Now, verse nine of chapter eight says, and Nehemiah, which is uh, the uh, Tishrahathah and Ezra, the priest described, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Why? Because they knew they were not keeping it. Okay? So remember, this is during the spirit time. They were coming back into the land, and they had been living according to the Babylonians, right? So they're back into the land, and so now they're reading the Torah. This should happen to us today. When we start reading from the Torah, if you have not been keeping Torah, when you read, when you hear the words of God, you should be weeping if you're not living it. Mm. But we don't get that today. What we get is, well, we're not under that anymore. Mm, mm -hmm. I get that all the time from people. Right? Mm -hmm. We're not under that anymore. And you're right. You're not under it anymore because you don't believe you don't belong to him. Mm. If you reject it, you reject him. All right? So that when, you, when we read, this is why we read it from the Torah. We read it from the scroll as often as we can. Okay? So, this is a holy day. Now, verse 13, this is it. Again, I'm giving this for a witness so you understand that it's not from Rob Absalom, but it's mm -hmm. from the Torah, right? Or from, should I say, uh, the Tanakh, the Tanakh, right? I can't say it's from the Torah, I can say it's from the Tanakh. When I get to Leviticus, then I say that's the Torah. But right now I'm reading from the Tanakh, right? Right. Uh, which incorporates the Torah as well. It says, so eight verse eight and 13 of Nehemiah says, and on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, unto Ezra, the scribe, even to understand the words of the law, or should I say the words of the teaching? Remember, I said most of the people could not read. And you know a lot of people that are Arabic cannot, cannot read Arabic. They can speak Arabic, but they can't read or write Arabic. So the same, and in the U.S., the same thing. There are people today that can speak English, but they cannot read English, even today. Okay, even today. All right? In these modern times. And for them then, it was modern times. And, and it says, verse 14, And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded Moshe, that the children of Israel should dwell in booth in the feast of the seventh month. Now we call this our, this is our seventh month. 
and we're going to dwell in booths, right? All that can or who are able to or, or who desire to or prepared to, he says, and they, uh, and they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem saying, go forth unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths as it is written, all right? So you notice what it says, go there and now this is Ezra telling them to go into the mountains and get these so that they can, so what did they do? What did they build their sukkahs out of? Okay, now when you look at the, the, the Western uh, cowboy movies, when you see those Indians in their teepees, what are they made of? You see, they'll have branches of trees, right? And they be have them crossed and then they put their, whatever, the, the skins around them. Mm-hmm. So you get that, uh, that that idea in your mind that okay, this is for me. That this is what Rabbi Absalom. This is what a sukkah looks like, because the Indians would, you know, the natives the natives would get done, or the seasons would change. If they're living in North Dakota, they don't want to be in North Dakota. They may head south, go to New Mexico where it's warm during the winter months. But when it started getting hot for the summer month, they head back up to North Dakota, right? You see, but they could break that tent down, that mm-hmm. teepee down, and move on. Right. So we build our booths. Now, some like the square, which is what they do modern day. They build a square, and it has to be able to stand on and have three sides open. You know, you go in, and it has to be room enough to, to stand up in or you know get in there. Uh, that's your booth. Now there, you know, there's old, there's Talmud that teaches you all this stuff, the the ins and outs. But I think they add a lot more to it. That is necessary okay but for us if you have your booth if you desire to do it or if you put up a tent which i'll do i'll put up a tent which is my tp and i'll go in there on the first night and i have a meal and i may have a meal throughout the week in there once a day for the seven day period up to that eighth day okay so on the, in verse 18 verse 17 it says and all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, unto that day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was a very great gladness. So in this telling, what I wanted you to get out of this is the four species that they talk about, right? He talks about them in a different way, Nehemiah, uh, as Ezra does, okay? The heart, the spine, the eyes, the mouth. Yeah, they talk. They say that's all rabbinic teaching, right? And and they call How it. How do I know that? Because you taught it to us, and I wrote yeah. it down from last year. And yeah. that's what we should be doing: referring back to our notes and, yeah. and writing these things right. down. I got my little binder, and I keep going back to them and mm-hmm. adding on every year. Mm-hmm. And so those are yeah, those are rabbinic teachings, right? And so I'm teaching you more about the the simplified way this year of how Beta Israel does. So again, my whole concept is that you're well-rounded and, and with the understanding. Now, the next year I'll teach you from the Sephardic way, which is a very intricate way. Maybe next year, if the Lord blesses them, if he does, if they're sure Mashiach doesn't come so before then, and we're still here in Babylon, you know, I know right? I'll teach you the Sephardic way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let me go over here to Leviticus. Uh, Leviticus chapter 23, which is my favorite teaching on it. Leviticus chapter 23, which is out of the Torah. Okay. Uh-huh. Leviticus 23. 
And, uh, and of course, Leviticus 23 covers the feast, right? And so in the in verse 23, uh, in chapter 23, verse 15, all right, I'll start there at the Feast of Weeks. Um, mm -hmm. Um, uh, let me go let me go down uh, that's the, let me go down to booth let's go down to the feast of it's a chapter 23 verse 33 that's where I want to go I don't want to go through all the other feasts just this feast focus on this feast again if you have questions if you have introductions feel free all right feel free this is our yeshiva it says Verse 23 and 33 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. And actually, it's a hajj. It's hajj. I'm doing it in the English way, but it's a hajj. And on the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. So if you have an opportunity, on what day is it? Tuesday this week? Monday is a rev. Mm -hmm. so cool. When we, we make, you know, you know, now a lot of people put their booth up on, on Tuesday. Okay. The souk up on Tuesday. I'm going to put mine up on Wednesday, on, on Monday evening, you mm -hmm. know, just before it gets dark. So that I can see what I'm doing when I put my stakes in the ground. <laughs> and, and I'll have mine ready. All right. So. And this, and this is fun for your children. So yeah. get get a tent and put it up. I know we used to make them when and see that that's funny because when we were younger, we I used to make one on the porch. I would get a uh, blanket and I would tie it to the four corners of our porch. And yeah. so that that was just the Holy Spirit in me wanting a, a tent. And yeah. so it's, it's if you think back, it's already been embedded in us. We yeah. we just we just didn't know. Me want tomato cucumber salad. It's just weird little things that's, that goes on, but go ahead. But yeah. have fun, what I was my main point is have fun with your children. Even if you're just gonna spread out a blanket on the, on the floor and teach them about Sukkot and read the scriptures, have fun with your children because that's what it's about, your fruit. And we read about that, the lamb, teaching your lamb, your fruit. Children love building tents and things like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, again, that's, you know, that's from that Jeremiah, remember Jeremiah 29? Get them children out there, right? So we bring them up in the right way, right? They get mm -hmm. my my granddaughter says to me, "Papa, let's get a tent." <laughs> you know, the other day, last last week, let's get the tent. You know, <laughs> two years old, right? So you know, they they know, right? She knows and, how to do. So I'm looking forward to what, what my grandchild coming. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. So get, get ready, get, get ready, get in the tent. Yeah. See, you know. Yeah, good. The good. The good parts are starting when when she start when she start looking around. <laughs> okay. So verse thirty six says seven days. Uh, let me stop. On let me go back to thirty five. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no servant work. Again, that's just that's when it's Shabbat, right? You don't work. If you can be off from work, be off on that day, right? And be off on the eighth day if you can. If not, then we understand because we're where we're in the diaspora. We're scattered. We're not in Israel, right? So we get some grace. Again, we get grace and mercy. 
you know, when the children of Israel, I just read in, 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 in uh, Nehemiah, the children of Israel did not keep Sukkot when they were in Babylon. Did you catch that when I was reading it? He said they had not done it. So they were crying because they had not done it. And everybody that's hearing this teaching today, if you have not been doing it and you've heard it, again, you should be thinking about, let's get busy. And you got time because the day is the Shabbat. So tomorrow you can start getting prepared. And you don't, again, if you don't have a booth, if you don't have a tent, don't worry about it. Just remember the first day is a day of solemn rest, no work. Now in Beta Israel, they do allow you to work at home in the house, you know, preparing food. It's not like the regular Sabbath where you're not supposed to prepare your food and stuff, but you can, again, that's a, a halakhic issue that we can determine within ourselves because in each generation we, and in each community, we can determine uh, our halakha as long as it doesn't detract from the command. So that's a teaching for another day. But the, the first day is a day of rest, you know, and it says for seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. That, again, every day you, you do a prayer. Now there are some people that have sukkah and they invite people over every day to come and visit, sit in and they have prayer and song and enjoyment, which is a good thing to do, right? Community building. We should do that. You know, we should do that. Actually, we should, I'm saying that, but we should do that. Uh, next opportunity right? Preparing for next year, starting this year. Prepare for next year, save the Lord coming. We should be prepared. Next year, we shouldn't be talking about doing it. We should be talking about it. We should be what? Doing it and inviting people to our sukkahs uh, at our homes. Or if we have a, a building with land or something at that time, if we pray, depending on what the Lord desires. Depends on what he desires for us, right? Because he has to choose it. He has to choose it. Okay. So we pray to him that he choose a place for us. Okay. He shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a solemn assembly and you shall do no work. Okay. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy for convocation, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and a drink offering, everything upon this day. Again, we're not in the land. We, when, and, Actually, I should have pulled this out for you in Ezekiel, uh, when it talks about Messiah and it calls him the prince, he's going to do this, okay? Because it's, it's forever. When Messiah comes, when Mashiach comes, he's going to do this in Israel. Yeah, These you, gave, feasts, you gave us Ezekiel 42 and 25. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, He's going to do this. Again, I'm saying I did it because the Messiah, people saying we're not, those things are past. You're in error. Because the scripture says it's forever. And again, the prophet says when the prince is there, he's going to do this. Okay. He's going to be in charge of the service. All right. So be aware of that. And don't take my word for it. Go to the scripture. That's why we have the scripture. That's why we read the scripture. Because it's not from me. If you're angry, if you disagree with me, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with who? Our creator, our father, Abino Shabbat Shamim. So if you say what I'm reading from you is wrong, take it up with the father. I have no heaven nor hell to put you in. Uh -huh. All right? I don't have one. 
speak to the one who can put you in hell or heaven, right? Accept you into the heavens, or he can accept you into the hell, right? Or torments. We call it torments. Your life will be full of torment when you disobey, full of torment. You know people like that, full of torments. Okay, so also, and, and we talk about the free will offerings, you know, because we have no temple, our free will offerings have always been based upon the spiritual aspect, which is our, you know, our heart condition, how we receive it and how we do it, okay? The, the, the offerings are there so you can enjoy a, a good meal as a family, right? Before the Lord, rejoicing before the Lord. That's what those were for, okay? It says, also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. And on the first day shall be a Sabbath and the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. So the first and the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Now, some people go into a teaching on the eighth day, proclaiming the new beginnings and all this stuff. I'm not going into that, okay? But what I want you to understand is that we are commanded to, if you're going to be a, a Torah keeper, we're commanded to observe this time and the scripture you have the scriptures to go back to and read them go back and follow the scripture if you, you don't you know all tradition is good but just follow what the scripture says and you'll be fine you do much more than fine it said uh, verse 40 you shall take on the first day the boughs of goodly trees again this is a repeat from nehemiah of good trees branches of palm trees and the balls of thick trees and, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. Now, some people take that to mean that you take and you bundle them up and you put your entrance and you do the prayer, you know, six different directions. But in Beta Israel, we have the meal. Again, we don't have the, we're not in Israel, so we don't get the same trees. I can't find, a, I can find willows and I can find certain trees, but I, I can't find the other things that I need. But it says goodly trees. And, and so, again, we're in the diaspora. The desire is to do it according to the scripture. Okay. You shall keep the feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your gathering. That's why I say when Messiah comes, he's going to do it. Because it says for when? Up until Messiah comes. No, that's not what it says. It didn't say when Messiah comes, it's going to stop. He said, for what? Your generations. Just, just like we read with the Yom Kippur, the scriptures we gave, it said that's in right. there, forever. Yeah. It's a statute. He said, remember my statutes and my judgments. He said, if you keep my statutes and my judgments, we do these things, okay? We're under protection of the covenant. He says, you shall celebrate in the seventh month. Again, directing you to the seventh month, why we do it in the seventh month. It is chosen and selected by the Father for us. And again, it's a, it's and, a and harvest. And Yahshua was born in the seventh month too. I'm not going to leave that out. He was born in the seventh month, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. That Christmas uh, is, is pagan. He was we, born in September. Yeah, if you, if you do the tracing back, we taught her that, didn't we? Mm -hmm. We taught her, yeah, we taught her that, huh? And that manger looks exactly like a sukkah. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, three-sided dwelling place with a thatched roof. I thought it was in the Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> it is a holiday, right? Holiday <laughs> Let them okay. tell it. Yeah. OK. 
Yeah. So verse 43 said, that is your, that your generation, that your, that your children, your children's children. That's where that comes in, that your children's children may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in Booth when I brought them out of the land of Israel. I am the Lord. Okay. But it also says that those that are in one of the scriptures I read uh, that, that talks about the, the uh, uh, it says that those that are native born, right, should dwell in Booth to remind them of, of uh, the sojourn in in uh, the wilderness. So understand, again, Sukkot, the scripture tells you the first day, solemn assembly, and you, and you should, again, the, the custom is to have a meal in there, at least one meal in there, if you have one. If you don't, again, do it in your house. Recognize that it is Sukkot, which is what we did for a many years, you know, we observed that it is Sukkot. And also a lot of the rabbis, especially those that are in Israel, in the Hebrew Israelite community, they don't want us to do it outside the land. They think we're wrong for doing it outside the land. Um, and in a way they are, are right. You know why? Because the Torah says we should pilgrimage to the land. But it also said if it's too far, right? But that's talking about the sacrifice of the lamb. But we're supposed to do it in the land because it's tied to the land. But we do it outside of the land because we are Israel. And Israel is more than a land. As I said previously, Israel is more than a land. Mm -hmm. And we are diplomats. We are ambassadors. We're held to a higher standard. Land, right? We're and held our to a higher standard right? as his children. Yeah. yeah. And so where you are, you are Israel. If you can receive that. And you can participate and keep Sukkot, whether you have a Sukkot or not, you can observe the eight days, the eight days of Sukkot. Now, the first day and the eighth day are the, 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 are the Shabbat, okay? In between, you know, we do prayer, we do observe, but you have to go to work, do what you're doing, but on the seventh day and the eighth day, which again, some proclaim as the new beginning or the new start, is Shemineh Asherah, Asherah actually is what it is. That eighth day, Shemineh Asherah, we'll start reading the Torah. We're preparing to start the Torah readings over again, all right? And actually on that day, we have a Torah reading, which is uh, Deuteronomy. You have this calendar, Deuteronomy, right? We read Deuteronomy chapter 33. Numbers, 33, uh, 1 through 34. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that's, Shemineh Ezrit. That's what we're beginning to read mm -hmm. the Torah over again. So after that, the Sabbath after that, we're going to start doing what? We're going to go to Bereshit Bara Alarim. In the beginning, we'll start the Torah reading over again, right? Right. That way, what you missed last year, you can catch it this year, mm -hmm. right? The revelation you had next year may be a different revelation this year because we are moving forward in the time frame, the prophetic time frame is moving forward. Uh, and we want to prepare for that. So again, seven days, on the eighth day, we're going to Shemini Eserit. We're preparing to start the Torah reading again. This year, when we start, I'm going to incorporate some other teachings into the Torah reading, right? Uh, because we're graduating. Every year, we get a little bit deeper. And 
that's a good thing. Uh, most important, and, and I'm wrapping up now. Any questions or interjections, I'm wrapping up now. Remember any questions, and it's not very difficult if you heard or if you listen to the reading, if you read it, you'll see how simple and easy it is to keep Sukkot. The most important thing is that you keep and observe Sukkot where you are. Um, if you have a sukkah, that's fine. If you have uh, the lulav, if you have a lulav, if you get your hand on it, you know, do it. If not, you know, again, we're not in the land. There is some grace. There is some mercy. Um, but set your heart on doing what is written in our Torah, as we're commanded, as the children of yes for all. Okay. Amen. We thank you, Rabbi Absalom, for the teaching. You have the word. Uh, we uh, put forth how to celebrate it. Um, and so, like we told you, do something new. Things aren't working out for you. Start celebrating these feasts. You have to start celebrating these feasts. Yeah, your house is flooding. Things are going on. We're giving you testimony. You know, we, we haven't been touched with a lot of things. And if we was, that means God's going to take us to a higher level. If our house did flood, that means he got a better house for us. That's and right. so yeah. uh, just, you know, build your house on, on a foundation, a stable foundation. And I'm not talking about some cement. I'm talking about the Torah. I'm talking mm -hmm. about the word of God. Anything else is sinking sand. If you're building your house on anything other than the foundation of the Torah and the word of God, it's sinking sand. Yeah. And so um, we're going to go ahead and go into our prayer. And um, I'll talk to you a little bit after that. Uh, Minister Mike, if you can go ahead and give us our closing prayer, please. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not his benefits. He forgives us of all our offenses. He redeems our life from the pit. He heals us of all diseases. He surrounds us with grace and compassion. He yeah. contents us with goodness as long as we live so that our youth is renewed as eagles. Lord, I just lift up Jerry unto you, Lord. I pray for healing over his body, Lord. I pray that yeah. every organ, every nerve, every bodily fluid will come under subjection and under obedience to your Torah, to your word, Lord. Yes, Lord. It says in your word, Lord, that the people cried out, you sent your word, and the people were healed. So, Lord, we cry out that you send your word right here once again on earth into the hearts of all men, Lord. We pray for healing of the body of the believers. We pray for healing of, of Houston. We pray for the for healing of our nation. We pray for the peace of each and every individual, Lord, that's going through something right now. May it lead them to the path of righteousness. May it lead them to the path to you, to your walk. You yeah. said in your word that you, Yeshua, are the way, the truth, and the lights, Lord. I pray that you would open up their hearts to, to your Torah and then your commandments with their soul pursuit. We pray for the peace of Yerushalayim, Lord. We pray, Lord, just for our nation as a whole, Lord, that they would come together in unity. For it says in your word, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, Lord. Lord, so we just thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy, for provision and protection, for healing and restoration, for your faithfulness, Lord. We call you faithful, Lord. 
May you go in peace and may you return in peace. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. In Yeshua's name. Amen. We thank you for the beautiful prayer, Minister Mike. We thank everybody who's logged on today. We thank you all for watching. We're looking forward to seeing you every Saturday. You know, um, we change my hair, my hairstyle, we change our background, but what we really hear is to change your heart, to love the Lord, to look forward to, we says, what are we looking forward to? To look forward to eternal life with him. And that's really what it's all about. To look forward to teaching your fruit, teaching your children about the goodness of Yahshua and Yahweh. To look forward to facing East, going back to Israel. To look forward to our inheritance. To look forward to have peace here on earth and to deliver his word. That's the greatest thing you can really look forward to. We'll see you next Saturday. We love you. Shalom. 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 Shalom.